Want the bank named Gambit's best local financial institution for 2016? Then you want Whitney Bank, with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Summer lasts a long time in this part of the world. We take advantage of it by doing stuff outside, like crawfish boils and bike rides. Meg Arsenault is an expert on both of these summertime activities. Meg is the owner of the bike shop Hub City Cycles, as well as a pop-up crawfish boil business called Hawks Boil Up. Meg, welcome down to lunch. Oh, thanks for having me. When you look back on your childhood, hot summers seem to stretch on forever. Uh, one of the quick and cheap ways we cooled down as kids was eating a popsicle. Nick Viome grew up in the 1980s and has combined the joy of popsicles with the music of the era by starting a popsicle company called Pops and Rockets. Nick's popsicles have 80s rock flavors like Sweet Child of Lime, Every Little Tea She Does, and Cran Halen. Nick, welcome to Out to Lunch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, Meg, on the face of it, there doesn't seem to be much of a connection between owning a bike shop and having a crawfish boil business, but the fact that your father has been boiling crawfish since 1983 at the now legendary Hawks Crawfish explains that aspect. And the fact that you've always loved bikes explains why you have a bike shop. But how you got to the bike shop is a little more mysterious. When you graduated from UL, you bounced around a little before settling on a career as a private investigator. Let's start there. How did that happen? Did you fall in love with Nancy Drew Mysteries? And, uh, and what did you do as a PI? Well, I was really, when I was in college, I really wanted to be a forensic photographer. So when I graduated, what I... What does that mean again? That means you, that's the people who go to the crime scenes and take photographs and document it. And okay kind of put the pieces together through photographs. Okay. You know, because when you're going through, you can't have the crime scene forever. You have to go back to the photographs and look at it. People don't want the body right. staying in their living room. Right, right? that would just be stinky. So they're right, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I was really fascinated by that, and I was always had a passion for photography, So, and I've always had a passion for criminal justice and forensics, so I put the two together, and that's what I was going to do. So I moved to North Carolina, then I took a class, I took a, a conference, actually, and got certified as a medical legal death investigator. Oh. Yeah, it's the first. It was like a big. It was a big uh, to do, and so I did that. And, and Louisiana is like one of the only places you could actually run for coroner. Right. So that's uh, well. That my my uncle so happens to be the coroner of St. Landry Parish. I had uh, you know I had him as a you know a kind of a guidance, and he was he helped me out. And so when I, I went, to, I moved to North Carolina though, and I live in Asheville, and there was no crime there. <laughs> Uh, everybody was so happy. It's just too beautiful. So. But not good if your gig is taking pictures Correct. of murders. Right. Yeah, so sure. I, I like looked around. I ended up working, working at a grocery store, an organic grocery store, and that was fun. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it was so crazy. Everyone who worked there all all had like a degree, all had a yeah, college oh, degree. Yeah, I know. It's but then the people who towns. rolled sushi had a graduate, had a you know, oh, had a, you know, the, the cab had a drivers, right? You no, know, so right. it was like. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Now, I like bikes, you like bikes, but the difference is you apparently are kind of mechanically oriented. You, sure. 
Uh, you, since you're a kid, you're always the person taking it apart? Oh, most definitely. I love the way things work. I like, uh, you know, I, I love taking apart and putting back together things when I was a kid. So I would take the phone apart and put it back together. And then my dad showed me his bicycle, Blackie. He had this old, you know, I think it was a Montgomery Ward or Sears bike, Blackie, okay? And so it was a Western Flyer, that's what it was. It was Western Flyer. And so he was, I was really like, we, we got out the, the shed, you know, like, and he was like, let's, let's put this back together and that was it. That's where the passion began. Oh my God. And then every year I had to get a bike and every year I had to get the best bike and I had to like upgrade it to this and do that. See, I so, can take them apart, but it was that other part that seemed so. Yeah. So daunting, really. Right. Right. I'm not at all <laughs> mechanically inclined. I'm like, my wife won't let me do anything where I have to hold my hands over my head for longer than 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> On the other hand, Nick, you're making popsicles Sounds like a, a fun little activity you could do for the neighborhood kids on the weekend. You could put up a sun umbrella and sell them on your front lawn with a plastic table and a cooler. But your company, Pops and Rockets, is far from that. Now just a few years ago, you started out making 200 popsicles a day. Now you're making 1,000 a day, and you have the capability to step that up to 10,000. And by the way, it's all in Lake Charles. I'm assuming there is not some sort of popsicle consumption mania in Lake Charles, and pops and rockets are sold elsewhere. Uh, where do you ship these 10,000 popsicles a day to, and uh, how do you get your popsicles well, to be so popular? Those numbers are a little off. Yeah. So I don't know, um, I'm, we're actually, our production capacity is 10,000 a day. Okay. But we're nowhere near that right okay, now. Okay, so all right, we're, okay. We're moving in that direction, um, but right if now. I brought you back in three years, these numbers We're at about 1,000 right. a day. Wow, like wow. Can, yeah, that's still a lot of popsicles. That's still a lot yeah. of popsicles. And so <laughs> we're, you know, we're expanding across the state into the Lafayette market. Um, How do you get, uh, um, you get into grocery stores, is that? Yeah, mostly retail shops right now. So we'll go into like a small boutique or something or a, or a specialty food store and put in a little novelty freezer. Oh, and, so uh, that's my first question. So yeah. you're not fighting for freezer space. You're not BYOF, yet. bring your own freezer. Right. We're, we're getting there on freezer space. Yep. Um, we're about to start trying to bust into some of the larger grocery chains, you know, Whole Foods, Rouse's, Kroger. And uh, when we get in there, then we will be fighting for shelf space. Um, but right now, we just have our own freezer, and it's very noticeable and cool. It looks like looks kind of like a hot pink juke uh, jam box. So, <laughs> <laughs> getting back to your music theme. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is, everything's uh, back to the music. How many, how many flavors do you have? Uh, we have we've done about fifty different flavors. You come up yeah. with enough songs? Oh yeah, they, oh, we no, never run no out limit. of songs. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually coming up with one on my way over. Um, on the drive here from a from a uh, Jesus and Mary Chain song from the 80s called Cherry Flame 2. A guy gave me some hot sauce and we're going to make a spicy cherry with oh, like yum. dark cherry and Dr. Pepper Sweet and a little hot. habanero Jeez. hot sauce. <laughs> I hope you brought a cooler with you. This is uh, this is pretty. Now, uh, late, you got over from Lake Charles, which has mm -hmm. frankly become a boom town with all the uh, LNG, those jobs yeah. at Sassol. Is that helping your business? Yeah, it is. Actually, we opened up our retail shop two weeks ago. Um, now that's a whole different It's a whole other go. thing for us, yeah. And it's uh, the only reason we're doing retail is because we built out a kitchen and we're thinking, well, what the heck? I mean, people in Lake Charles are always asking us where they can get them outside of stores and expanded flavors. So we opened the shop and uh, we've been having trouble keeping up with just our local sales, much less our distribution over the last two weeks. So I'm adjusting to that now. Is it heat oriented? Is that what drives it? I think so. It's starting to get warm. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, now, Meg, you can buy a bicycle in a lot of different places in town, like at the low end, you can even buy it at Walmart or oh, something. Yeah, we call it, yeah, we, we don't like those places. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you doing to differentiate yourself? Well, we are, that's what I, when I came up with my business plan, I wanted to be something different because there's four other bike shops. We, we're four, one of four bike shops in town. And so I went to, you know, I shopped at all these places and what inspired me the most was the old Johnson's bicycle shop on Simcoe. So it wasn't huge, it didn't have, it was just had everything you needed. It was your neighborhood local bicycle shop that people could feel comfortable in from an amateur to a professional, you know, and we just wanted to have that feel. And when you come in, the first thing you're gonna see is my dog, Olive, greeting you at the door. <laughs> um, and then I have two couches there on our stage that we actually have music sometimes. And so- Because it's Lafayette. It's Lafayette, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, we just wanted to have that really nice feel and then we can we can talk to you about bicycles and we want people to ride. That's the, that is our goal, is to is, get is as your, many people on bikes as possible. Is your market that wide? In other words, do you have that person that's looking for their kind of an inexpensive first bike? And then you've got those, those people that are, I mean, Bicycle people are like a cult, right? They, they sure. go for these rides together oh, and races. Yeah, and then they just start really getting into it and they're getting a new bike every six months. You know, yeah. they got or they have to get a new, the, the brand new crank or the new pedals that just came out or whatever. You know, they just have to have the next best thing. Do you, I don't know if this would ever happen, but you get somebody that's such a bike nut, they've got an idea of how they could make their own bike. Has that ever happened? Yes, we do that a lot. That we do customized bikes. Whoa. And so we even have frames. Somebody you know, just brings in napkins thing, with um, <laughs> marks. Like this is what we want to do. No, what we do, we talk to them and they have an idea. And another thing we do is use bicycles and no one else is doing that. So I we'll love take, that. we like to buy bicycles from the community that people are just going to throw away. And then we'll take that bike, we'll take it all apart. So here it goes back to me taking bikes apart. We're going to take them all apart. <laughs> And then we, we put them back together. We re-grease them, we put new components on them, and then we resell them back to the community. Wow, yeah. that's super that cool. A, that, that's a great idea. I love man. that aspect. You know, one thing about biking that always gets me is that they, you know, they, they brought in, a poor, city of Portland, Oregon, brought in an expert from Copenhagen to figure out how they could increase bike trips. Right, because that's Mecca yeah. in Portland. And, yeah, and the dude said, you know, instead of thinking about a bike like as an elitist activity, think about it like your vacuum cleaner. Like when you vacuum your house, you don't, you know, you don't like put on special clothing <laughs> or join the club. You're just using the vacuum cleaner. And so the used bike aspect is really cool because I, you know, I do have, I admit I have four bicycles. You there know, you, go. you have to have your road bike, your mountain bike, and but then Nick, your cruiser. Or do you have one of those tight spandex outfits? Oh, I do. Wow. Oh yeah, Jesus. man. I look good in it too with my big bear gut. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like my, my favorite bike is my old cruiser bike that yeah. I just ride around town. It's utilitarian, it's got a big basket. And so I love that idea of used bike refurbs. Oh, that, that is great. Now, now Nick, you make these, um, the popsicles out of a, it's in, is it downtown Lake Charles? Yep. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bank? Well, we're in an old building that was like an old uh, parking garage. Oh. And my landlord has taken these old properties in Lake Charles and built them out to be you know, really cool spaces. So, um, so yeah, we're in an old parking garage that's attached to an old bank building in downtown. Now that's, uh, and frankly, Lake Charles, I mean, the downtown kind of disappeared. Is it coming back? It is. Um, we have more parking lot than we have building, but, um, but people are investing. So people are coming in and they're starting to build stuff and they're starting to uh, open up and reuse old spaces. So yeah, yeah it's coming back. Well, Meg, the your second part of your business, I guess you're a conglomerate, actually, is what you are. They, uh, the, they, we like to call that entrepreneur. Oh, that's what it is. That's yeah, what they, you call uh, that. 
It's a got that it's entrepreneur a French spirit. Word. It's Correct. a yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it, uh, you got these two businesses? Um, that, is that first of all? Is it your season is what kind of for the crawfishes? Uh, my season is probably February through May. Okay. Yeah. All right. It pretty much depends on when my dad's getting ready to like <laughs> start purging crawfish. And I started earlier than him this year, and I finished a week later than him. So. He had to keep those purging takes going. Not that your your dad's business is simpler, but yours is pretty complicated because you've got to get the stuff there. I pretty much on Wednesdays is my like, Wednesdays and Thursdays of my, the last four months have been crazy. So it pretty much starts, I wake up, I go to the bike shop, I get that going. I leave there around 12, 30, one o'clock. I go and get my vegetables at Kevin Guidry's. Then I go <laughs> and drive all the way to Roberts Cove. Well, it's north of Roberts Cove. They don't have a place, they don't have a name for it, you know? <laughs> We don't have stop signs or anything. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we have one stop sign. Um, so we get there, and then I, my dad and I talk about what's going on. I make my dip, my crawfish dip. Um, and then I, he's like, well, how many you want today? And that's always the big question. And I'm like, I don't know, Dad. Probably, I could probably do 12 sacks, you know. And then it goes from there. And then we just we load them up, and I haul my butt back over to wherever I'm balling, which <laughs> this year I've been blessed to have been doing it at the Warehouse 535 and doing it over there. We did That's that. kind of an incubator? Or? That was. It was something that me and Mark Falgu, the owner of Warehouse 535, he, he called me up and he was like, what do you, what do you think about bowling crawfish twice a week? He was like, I think that's a great idea. Then we started a music series on Thursdays called Grooves on the Green. And that was all, it was a free music series outside, family oriented, um, and people came. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Meg Arsenault, owner of Hub City Cycles and Crawfish Pop-Up Hawks Boil-Up, and Nick Viome owner of Lake Charles Popsicle Company, Pops and Rockets. Now, Nick, you're in the car and you're, you're probably listening to 80s music, but what made you think of making popsicles? Where did, how did the connection Well, go? the idea actually came from my partner. Um, well, making, pop, making popsicles came from me. I, uh, I did a lot of mission trips in Mexico, and paletas is like a really very common thing in Latin America and, and Central America. Paletas, is, paletas is a Mexican popsicle or Hispanic popsicle. Right. And, and they make them with traditional flavors like corchata, rice milk, you know, and tamarind and things like that. Um, and so then I discovered a place in Nashville where my cousin was going to college that was called Las Paletas. And they had... Uh, they had gourmet popsicles. So they started doing things like chocolate sea salt and different flavors and went back to Atlanta where I was living at the time and was really excited an about it. You guy, right? Yeah, and yeah. I was really excited about it, but I was running a, a, a digital marketing agency that I started, and so I didn't really have time to do that. And then another fella started doing it, and he just, like, blew up. So when I moved back to Lake Charles in 2013, um, I had the idea, and I mentioned it to my old buddy that I grew up with, and and he and I spent a lot of time in the 80s going to see bands and stuff. And, and he wasn't really keen on the idea because he was a, uh, he's a teacher. He teaches art. And he's, you know, got ki young kids. And he said, well, I don't know. Popsicles, you know, it sounds awesome. But I, don't, I just don't know that I have the time for it. And, um, and then one day he was mowing his lawn and he was listening to Duran Duran's Rio <laughs> on his headphones. And he got to thinking, you know, the line is cherry ice cream smile. And he thought, we should make a popsicle that is like an almond cherry banana pop named Durana Durana. And so he, he sent me a text message, and I think I was over in Austin with my wife hanging out for the weekend. And I said, you know, that's a great idea. Why don't we name them all after 80s songs? And, and at that point, he said, okay, I'm in. He's like, I'll do that. So then oh. the ideas just started coming. If two days from now there's a crawfish mm. popsicle, we'll know that I mean, basically I, oh, you guys just combined. Already started thinking about that. Bikes are really 
odd in that there's a huge price range, right? I mean, what is that range? Oh, see, we sell, we start selling bikes. I guess some of our used bikes, like we have a kid's bike in there right now. I'm trying to sell it for a hundred bucks. You know, so like a kid's bike that's used about a hundred dollars. And we even had a used bike recently that we were trying to sell for $1,300, but it was one of those tri-carbon bikes. Right, yeah. You know, but that's like a $5,000 bike, but now it's used. So, um, and I guess wow. our new bikes range from, you know, 250 to like, you know, 1500 bucks. We keep it down, we don't, we don't, we're not really a high-end shop. So there is a higher end. Oh, there's eight, $10,000 bikes, wow, wow. Peter, it's crazy. I mean, it's like cars, like used cars. Our new cars, I And don't those know. people do nothing but talk about their bikes and stuff they, like that. Yeah, that's the cult. <laughs> <laughs> that's those cults we were talking well, you about. Know what I liked about your business uh, really was the idea, Meg, that you um, you could trade in your bike, you could get a uh, pre-owned bike, a new bike, you could even put your own bike on consignment. Yeah, we do consignments. I mean, we are just trying, like, if you're ready to move on from your bicycle, say you've outgrown it, that's okay. We always tell people, they're like, well, what if I don't like this bike in a year? I'm like, bring it over, we'll put it on consignment for you, whatever it sells for, we're not gonna take a commission from it. You put that towards your new bike with us. So you're not losing any money on it, you know? And that's what we're trying to do. It's all <laughs> about getting people to ride bicycles. And, and that's good for you. Yes, and yeah. in this economy right now, you know, the economy is down here in Lafayette. Yeah, it's terrible. About, let me just ask about that. We talked about Lake Charles being kind of a boom town now, and they're they're hot and working hard and eating more popsicles. What, what about the bicycle side in, in Lafayette? The economy's been, you know, having a tough time with the oil industry for about three years. You seen anything? Look, everyone was talking about it last year, okay? Like how everyone's businesses were down last year. I didn't see a really decline in my business last year. And in the beginning of this year, it's been booming. But then there's, it's summertime, it's the busy season, you should be busy. And I'm like, what's going on? The business has sl slowed down a little bit, but when I talk to my distributors and whatever, they're like, it's down across the nation. Oh, okay, that's not a um, lot. So it's right. not, I don't think it's the economy. I mean, it definitely has to be a little piece of that is that people are, are still looking for work. I mean, I get people coming in the shop all the time looking for jobs. Right. Um, it's definitely, an, uh, but it's, I think another thing is that there's, so much of a flood in the market. You know, we were talking about the lower end shops like, yep. and stuff like that. Also, we call them like the department store bicycles, like Walmart, Academy, right. all those places. Um, that really hurts business, or the internet. Um, oh, yeah. And what that is, people see these low prices and they think, oh, I can get this bike, it's awesome. It looks just like the one I saw at the bike shop, but it's $100 less or it's $200 less. But they don't understand if you don't put the, together that bicycle correctly, then you have a bicycle that's not working correctly. And so then that causes problems, and we see it. All, we see that every day. We're always fixing other people's problems. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like the, <laughs> we the love web that. development we, business. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. love that though. You know, we love um, we love working on bicycles. That's a whole other aspect of our business is the repair side. Yeah. And Nick, the other side is uh, with you. How do you compare what you're making to what I would find at the at the grocery store currently? Big national brand. Oh gosh. Well, you know, it's interesting because there's a ton of competition in the popsicle business. I recently joined a Facebook group called Artisan Ice Pop Makers. And there are <laughs> oh my God, how many artisan popsicle makers you are have there? No how many idea. <laughs> how many members are there on Facebook? I would guess between like two to five thousand. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So I mean two to five thousand people globally and they're all over the world. But um but you know, that most people, well, so in the grocery store, you're getting into like what's designed to be really low cost and really high volume. So, you know, you've got your traditional pops, which are basically just high fructose corn syrup with artificial flavoring and coloring. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum, which is the really healthy popsicles that are low calorie, vegan, all natural. I'd say we fall somewhere in the middle. 
Like our people always ask us, are we all natural? Are you vegan? Are you you know low calorie? And we're like. We're none no, of we those. We sell the meat popsicle. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, we do. Weird. We have a bacon maple popsicle. <laughs> okay, actually. all right. I'm really? So, yeah, we're so, so, we can, so this crawfish dip or yeah, whatever. I'm telling you, I've be already something. been thinking. I'm actually making uh, ice right cream now, and you. I've got an idea for a crab boil ice cream. That's what oh. I was thinking. It's like, um, not, yeah. not, not actually the crawfish in the popsicle per se, but maybe like that's like the crab boil or the boil. Well, one of the fellows at... Maybe um, the crawfish fat? We just, I don't know. One of the guys at Dad Dog in New Orleans gave me that idea. He said, you need to make a vanilla popsicle with crawfish tails, spicy Yum. crawfish tails in it. And everybody in the office was like, oh, is he talking about that again? And uh, <laughs> and I said, well, you know, the one thing about that ice cream is you would certainly figure out who the stoners in the room were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's something but, you need to do every once in a but while. But getting so back to our pops, um, what we like to say <laughs> is that we can pronounce pretty much everything we put into our popsicles. That's great. All right, yeah. that's, a, mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it. Now, you're moving over to... Slowly, you're making ice cream now? Yes, I started making ice cream in-house only. I'm not distributing ice cream yet, but um, oh, it's so much fun making ice cream. And uh, I'm using, like, I get my milk from this farmer north of Lake Charles. That's uh, He's a Mennonite farmer who's all pastured, no hormones. Wow. And he get uses the sticks from an Amish group. You're yep. really amazing. And he, he does, yeah. <laughs> well, I've got kids in the back carving the sticks. But, hey, uh, speaking of kids, you have three children I and do. a grandchild on the way. Yeah. Would there anything be Wait, you have a grandchild on the way? I do in about oh. two weeks. Does he look way too young? You, you look I'm way a, too young. We, so we got, we're from Louisiana, man. We you started, started young. Early. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine anything cooler than your grandfather makes popsicles? Right. It's one thing to be the drilling superintendent, but uh, to be the Oh, yeah. And my, my daughter's actually going to be running the shop for me. So, uh, so she'll have my grandson in there oh. during the day eating That's popsicles. That's actually one of the best ways to find him. We'll He's raise like him taste. on Galaga. He, yeah. <laughs> He's your taste tester. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got cyclicality or seasonality in your business. Obviously, the summer's better than a... Uh, when you've got you've got the darn thing covered though, Meg, don't I'm you? I'm pretty busy because you've got the crawfish when the popsicles aren't. I mean, I the, mean uh, <laughs> sorry, you got the crawfish when the uh, when the bikes are a little slower. Did you did you think this all through? No, this was all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I could say it's my master plan, but I mean, literally from January through May, we've been slammed. You know, uh, in the in both businesses, has been crazy. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's I, I call it a blessing. You know, I'm just, I'm lucky to have my dad who's continuing my grandfather's legacy and then I'm gonna continue this. It's gonna be, I'm a third generation boiler there. And then I just had that, I just love bicycles. So I'm able to, and that's a labor of love. The season does kind of overlap though. So we are lucky enough to have that. And now, you know, you got to come up with something, Nick. That's your problem. It's something during the winter. Mm. Yeah, like uh, Christmas trees or something like that. Then I think know, the ice cream is going to be your You know, oh, actually, I, I think that's um, be statistically, and I frozen dessert I sales are yeah. up in the winter. Really? Now, our, now we don't, you know, we do events. So <laughs> event sales are um, not good in the winter. We don't have events in the winter, so that's pretty slow. Um, but the in-store sales are actually pretty steady. They don't really change around the year, so. And Nick, what about the shipping and the footprint? What can you imagine going forward? If I talk to you three years from now. Huh, well, um, you know, we're definitely going to the next level. So we're gonna start trying to get some wider distribution going. Right now I'm self-distributing. So I went and bought a little truck that's got a little freezer unit on the back. You get the and music playing? Like oh the yeah, yeah, okay, yeah we crank it up. But, uh, that's how it gets inspired. It's got a little <laughs> freezer on the back so I can transport about 3,500 to 4,000 units at a time. 
um, in the truck. And I can go, it'll maintain a temperature, uh, acceptable temperature range for like 12 hours. So, so I've got about a five hour distribution range from Lake Charles. Um, and then beyond that, I'm going to have to hook up with like a frozen food distributor. That would get you to see Austin, Beaumont, Houston, Austin, Austin, yeah, they, uh, Houston, New Orleans, all the way over to almost like Gulfport even. Yeah. Wow. Now, if you had an actual ice cream truck, that'd be so cool. Yeah, and everybody would play kind of sappy songs, but you'd play like Helter Skelter. Or I've something. actually got one. Um, I bought a uh, 1982 Chevy van from a bail bondsman in Houston that has the light bars on top, and it's got the side exhaust pipes with the big fat rims, fat tires on it, and uh, we spray painted it with all of our stuff on it, and we put a chest freezer. I used to go to construction, and the guy used to pick me up in the morning. Drove a van just like that. Yeah. There's carpet all over. Even Ours on the ceiling. has carpet in the back Even as well. Even on the ceiling. And like after you get off of work, the next, last thing you want to do is like sweaty, right. get on that nasty carpet <laughs> yeah. and just be like, oh yeah, but you know, if I had a popsicle, it would have made it a lot better. But yeah. that made you go out and start two businesses of your own to get right. out of the van. Yeah, There's I didn't want to do construction. I figured that out young. <laughs> when the warmer weather arrives around here in the form of relentless summer heat, it's a mixed blessing. On the one hand, we can always escape into the AC someplace if we really have to. On the other hand, we have found plenty of ways to make the most of the outdoors and to adapt. Megan, Nick, both of your businesses are part of both the celebrations of summer and the adaptations to our sultry conditions from cooling off with popsicles to biking around. It's been great to meet you both and I look forward to keeping up with you over the summer and beyond. Uh, thank you both for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch. Thank you, no, man, it's been Thanks. great. Yeah. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Meg Arsenault, owner of Lafayette's Hub City Cycles and Hawks Boil Up, and Nick Vion, the co-owner of Pops and Rockets in Lake Charles. You can find out more about Nick's popsicles and Meg's bicycles and crawfish by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar in Lafayette. Social is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with brunch on Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, and our researcher is Ann Christian. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's Acadiana.com and krbs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is pet and family friendly with free parking, free Wi-Fi, and meeting and event spaces for weddings, reunions, and all occasions. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. Want the bank named Gambit's best local financial institution for 2016? Then you want Whitney Bank, with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.